Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? To inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 259. Today, we're discussing on how to live a life with intention, and my guest will share with you four ways to do just that. Welcome to today's interview. I've brought on Lucas Catton. Lucas, welcome. Thank you so much, Heather. I appreciate it. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So I'm just north of Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I'm a consultant primarily in the behavioral health field, but I also work with individuals and other businesses to help them find fulfillment in what it is that they're looking for. And I think that's such a powerful topic because I remember back in my days working in corporate, a lot of the conversations were people looking, seeking passion and purpose and, you know, what am I here for? What am I meant to be doing? So how do you help people kind of hone in on what does fulfillment even mean? I think one of the biggest things is what in their life brings them joy, you know? Uh, so joy can be uh, any tiny little moment as well. Like I have, I have this series of pictures on, on my phone, for example, uh, I like to grill out and, and I see these tiny little green and blue flies that land on the the railing as I'm grilling and they and they let me get really close to take pictures. And I have this series of pictures and they're they're beautiful. And being able to stop and look at and appreciate nature for that one moment brought like brings me joy. So I use that as like a smallest analogy all the way to you know helping people overcome you know intense grief or uh, overcoming addictions or all kinds of things, but what is it that is joyful? And let's start there uh, and and see where where that goes. And does that mean, because I think a lot of people, you know, the saying goes, um, do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. Well, I'm doing what I love and it is work. <laughs> it's work, but it, but it can be enjoyable. Yeah. You know, I, I had this conversation with my wife who's been uh, in a corporate environment for uh, 13 years now and and loves her job and and does amazingly well at it but we have this conversation all the time where I we might have identical schedules and be slammed and I go yeah but I'm just getting started I feel like I'm you know I really enjoy working through people's problems and helping them find solutions and they whatever their goal is that joy at the end is my joy as well you know that that, that I feel like some sense of accomplishment because I'm helping them accomplish something Okay. And something I want to talk about, which you touched on, well, before we started recording was, I think a lot of people think they need these big gargantuan, I want to reach and help a billion people. That's amazing and good for you to have that goal. But what about starting more locally, your community, helping a neighbor, like that is still significant 
you know, where I think a lot of people think, well, if I'm not helping a billion people, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, your, your, your mindset as, as you talk about is so important because too many, too often we fall into this, especially like the, the social media problem of comparison. And so when we're, when we're following maybe our idols in whatever fields that we do or that kind of thing, we, we see these major accomplishments that they do and somehow comparing ourselves, like I'm not doing you know, the billion people thing, or I'm not making X amount of dollars, or I'm not, you know, uh, feeding so many homeless people, whatever, whatever the goal is that that discounts all the good that is being done. And, and I'm a fan of progress and taking the next step, even if it's the wrong one, it's taking a step and moving in a direction with an intention and a purpose behind it. And the outcome is more often than not positive. And if not, then you learn something so that the next one can be positive. I, I was just writing this down. If we could touch on this whole, it's something that I've been become more aware of the last few months and it's about being intentional. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people get, get caught up in being busy and doing things, which makes them feel good or crossing up the list. But being, yeah. can we talk about what does that even mean to be intentional? I think it comes back to first being aware and, and increasing awareness so that any action that we're doing, anything that we're saying, anything that we're uh, planning, that kind of thing has a purpose, has an intention behind it, whether it's potentially a specific outcome or just a reason for doing it, that we're not going through the motion simply in a robotic fashion. Uh, but by doing things intentionally, we become more present as a result um, and more aware of both the, the before, during, and after, um, and not just randomly you know, uh, having to cope with things. Also, especially because you come from the behavior, uh, did you say, well, you have a background in in psychology and behavior and stuff. And so something we touched about, because I asked you, and I know, I personally know some people that deal with, and sometimes it's all consuming anxiety. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've felt anxiousness, but I also have learned to, I guess I'm, I'm just more emotionally aware that when I have thoughts or I have feelings to to feel it, I don't suppress it. I feel it for the moment and then I let it go. So people mm-hmm. that get caught up in anxiety, how, how can they kind of catch themselves so they don't spiral out of control? Sure. Well, and not to belittle anything, anyone that, that's experiencing very intense uh, anxiety. And I know that there are people and, and people you know, close to me that have experienced very acute, severe levels of anxiety. And, and then there's everyday anxieties that, that we all experience. And then there's some heightened levels in between, you know, that that we can also all experience at different times. And I think the the first thing is certainly becoming more aware and more present. Like a lot of this comes back to awareness. And as we talked about, and you talked about a a previous guest too, about having the the notion of focusing on our breath and some intentional breathing and, and paying attention to the feeling of breathing in and the feeling of breathing out and becoming more present in that particular moment and knowing that at that time, whatever thoughts are coming and going don't actually matter because they can come and go and they will come and go. There's another one right behind it. And that if we know that we're not in immediate danger at that moment, then usually the peak of anxiety will pass. And when you get into you know, the, the amygdala and the fight or flights mode and everything that comes along with heightened anxiety and fear of something happening in the future that is not happening in the present, 
then we can allow that thought of the fear of some future circumstance, which may or may not ever happen, to pass and come back to the present. You said that so well. I hadn't quite heard it explained like that before, but I know even when I've experienced the the feelings or the thoughts of anxiousness, it is because I'm future tripping. I'm worrying about hypotheticals, how something might go. I might miss a flight. I might. So it it is just letting go of all of that. My mom has taught me, especially when it comes to meditation, when you have thoughts, think of them as clouds and let them pass by. So. Is is that what you're saying? And, and the point of the breath work is to get out of the worry, the future tripping and come back to right now. Are you okay right now? Are things okay right now? Yes. In this exact moment, you know, even though your heart may be pounding or, you know, you're, you're trying to uh, catch your breath or you might have all these other physical symptoms that are going on, but in this particular moment, are things actually okay? And, um, you know, the answer is obviously usually yes. And, and that those other things are, are a byproduct of feeling anxious. And it's okay to feel anxious. Like we're not ever going to totally rid ourselves. The, the most calm people in the world, I guarantee, feel anxiety at some point. You know, Dalai Lama, I'm sure, is anxious, you know, before whatever. He's you know, maybe hopping on a plane or, or, you know, about to talk to thousands of people or whoever it is. But yet the recognition of that, the awareness of it and allowing it to pass is something that we can always practice, you know, for the rest of our lives. Pardon the interruption. Do you ever feel lost or find yourself stuck in a rut? You want change. Maybe it's more money, better relationships, your health, etc. But you don't know where to start. I get it. I've been there. If you're ready to take the leap and actually make change and progress in your life, I offer a free discovery call to see if my one-on-one coaching program is right for you. Visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching for more information and to schedule your call. Now back to regular programming. Yes. Well said. Okay. Something I really want to dive into that I know you're passionate about and you you live by is this acronym you pick. Can you please explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So you pick uh, stands for progress and impermanence and connection and kindness. And we touched on the progress part earlier on, you know, about not necessarily having to have these gigantic lofty goals, although it's good to have those goals as well, but to recognize the incremental progress along the way. So taking small steps over time in a, a defined direction, even if you have to course correct, even if it's the wrong step, as we mentioned before, you can learn something from it and take a, another new step the next time. Even if we get knocked down, because we will get knocked down or we will get pushed backwards or we will have some hurdles, we get up, we take that next step again and we're making some sort of progress. And when that becomes measurable over time, we can look back and see how far we have come in any particular area and it becomes like compounding interest in a bank account. You know, the more you have all of a sudden over time, uh, that whatever percentage starts to be much larger leaps and and you can get a lot further, whether that's influence, whether that's um, finances, whether that's progress in work or learning something or your, you know, other intellectual endeavors. There's so many different ways that that can be viewed and see and be proud of the things that we've been done that it doesn't have to be. uh, I use this baseball analogy for anyone who, who might uh, anything about baseball, it's called a Mendoza line. And that's sort of like the, the minimum acceptable batting average in professional baseball. And it's, it's only a 200 batting average. 
Well, two out of 10 hits isn't great, but only one more hit, only one more base hit is a 300 batting average, which is incredible. So the difference between that, you know, 20 hits out of 100 or 30 hits out of 100 or two out of 10, et cetera, is not that much, but it only takes a little bit uh, of progress to be able to get there, not hitting a home run, you know, not uh, not hitting doubles every time, but just simple base hits a long time and you'll have a better average. I think that's what's downplayed a lot is so many people, and I think I used to get caught up in this too, I needed quantum leaps forward to feel like I was progressing. And now I understand that one step forward each day is way more valuable than 10 steps ahead that you might ultimately fall four back. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's, I beat myself up sometimes because I do have high expectations for things, let's say my own businesses. Um, and, and sometimes I forget that different accomplishments that I've had because it, because it's also a testament to the accomplishment itself isn't the thing because you hear people who have done amazing things and they go, yeah, they celebrated that for about, you know, six days or sometimes 15 minutes or whatever that amount is like, okay, now what? That in itself doesn't necessarily bring that feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction. It is that progress along the way that is exciting. That's what's the next goal. Not as in I'm dissatisfied until I achieve something. So I always must have a goal, but as long as I'm working towards something in a direction that that working is what it's enjoyable, that experience of living, the, the doing so with, you know, our teammates or our, our other loved ones, that that is the process that makes living much more uh, exciting and, and not, I've got X number of dollars in my bank account or, uh, you know, I've accomplished some finite goal. Something else I want to touch on regarding progress. I love the saying progress, not perfection. And what you said, and I actually had to write it down is the whole point of course correcting. Go ahead and at least take the steps forward and you figure it out along the way, but at least take the next step. Yeah, exactly. You know, Marie Forleo, uh, her book, um, which I actually haven't read it yet, but uh, everything is figure outable, I think is what it's called. And uh, I'll just, I'll tell you real quick, because I read the book and I followed her for years. You don't even need to read the book. The title is the book. There you go. So that literally, yeah. she just gives tons of examples how she has throughout the years. But yes, her saying is so on point that everything is figure outable and, and be resourceful. That's what I've really learned to do is be resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. We had, you know, I had a, I had a business that got uh, flooded, like the upstairs uh, suite above us, a pipe burst, and it literally washed out our entire business. And we were shut down for four months as a result of that. Thankfully, there was some insurance uh, that helped cover, you know, some of the some of the lost income. But in many small businesses, especially startups, that would have absolutely killed it. People would have taken the insurance money and said, "Forget it, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm not even going to go through that process again." But but you know, we didn't. My, my partners and I, we looked at it. We said, "Okay, this is this is an issue. Yes, there's nothing we can do about it now. We can't." Like freaking out is not going to solve this problem. It's already done. What do we need to do? Take the steps to reopen. How can we work with the contractors? How can we work with the insurance companies? How can we make sure that our clients are being serviced and taken care of if we can't at that time? And and you figure it out. And we did. You know. And that's it's. You're so right that you become resourceful. And and if you believe from a mindset perspective, if you believe that there is a way, then you can find a way. Whatever that is. Yeah. Focus on opportunities, not the problems. There you go. 
Okay, so back to your acronym UPIC. Can we dive That's into right. imp impermanence? Impermanence. Yeah, that comes back to uh, awareness. And when we talked about anxiety a little bit and becoming uh, more present as a whole. So impermanence is, is simply the notion that this too shall pass. Nothing ever stays the same. And even in the most difficult times that we experience, knowing that that is not a permanent situation, a permanent condition, even if maybe it's a health condition and that is permanent, the feeling at that moment doesn't have to be. You know, there's some, there's some wonderful uh, examples and stories and speakers out there of people who have had the most heinous tragedies occur and all these things and how they have been able to overcome it. And, and, and each one had to come to the point of recognizing that if I stay stuck in this lower level mindset as a result of this thing that has occurred, then I will never get out of it. No matter what, I won't ever feel better. I won't ever progress in life in some way. So understanding and permanence that this too shall pass allows us to look forward in a positive way of the next moment and knowing that the next moment may not be this difficult time and, and probably won't be, especially if we go back to the P in progress and we take a step in a direction. I love what you said about the impermanence and, and this just connected so well, especially an experience I had today. I think a lot of people experience a bad moment and they call it a bad day or a bad week. Mm -hmm. And I want people to become aware of what they're saying, their language, because did you really have a bad day or was it a bad moment and to understand the difference? That's perfect. And, and you know, that, that reminded me as well of, uh, when we look at our identities, when people look at that, then people think that they're stuck in a particular label often, mm -hmm. whether it's a diagnosis, whether it's a job that they've had, whether it's a situation that, that has occurred, uh, that they believe that that is now them and they've, they've adopted that as their identity. But the notion of impermanence says that you can be another person tomorrow. And even if you get into, um, you know, split second shifts. You talked about having an aha moment or, or a, a time of like epiphany that somebody can literally be a new person the next moment. And so we don't have to carry around these other labels and, and misgivings from the past because um, they're not permanent if we don't allow them to be. Yes. So important. I hope people are writing that down. Okay. C stands for connection. So what do you mean by that? You know, I think we all... None of us can exist by ourselves. And so I think we all uh, absolutely have to seek connection. And that's where we find a sense of identity and being within ourselves as well is how are we connecting with the people and with life around us, whether or not there's a spiritual component for people, uh, God or spirituality as a whole, some other religion or even uh, agnostic or even atheist. If, if they connect with the Mother Earth, the universe, whatever it is, that people are seeking connection, especially with other people. And that that connection is where we we feel most human, yeah. you know, where, where we can make uh, meaningful connections with other people, whether it's as simple as having a conversation uh, over Zoom in a podcast um, or, you know, being with loved ones at home. Uh, there's so many different things going to the grocery store. I'll, I'll use this as an example. So on a, on a very simple level, I'm conscious of not being on my phone at the checkout line because I see people do that. And I, I've been a cashier, as probably many people have, and you see people who are basically ignoring you 
as they look on their phone or as they're doing something else. And they're not really acknowledging your existence at that point. You're, you're not even there. You're just doing a service for them. And so the simple act of looking them in the eye, thanking them for what they're doing or asking them how their day is going or even just smiling, those things develop a sense of connection in so many different ways all throughout the day with the people that we come in contact with that are complete strangers that we may not ever see again, but that builds up over time as well. So from something as simple as that all the way to our deepest connections with our, our you know, most intimate relationships, those are all important. Do you know, I even love, talk about simplicity, the power of a high five or a hug. Yes. Talk about, yeah. I mean, just like, and, and I, I get told that a lot. Oh, you give such good hugs. But do you ever get the like, you know, the worst handshake is the lint fish, right? But what's yeah. even worse is like, like the fake hug. And so yeah. I'm all about like the, the tight embrace and I, just a high five. Who doesn't want a high five? Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess you people know. that don't like touching people, but anyway. <laughs> right now, may, right now there may not be a lot of high fives and hugs, and that's yeah. okay. And the final, the K in your acronym, you pick is for kindness. So, what do you mean by that? Kindness. You know, there's a lot of fear in our world, especially right now, of other people, of uncertainty, of situations, of lots of different things. And one of the best things that we can do is to be kind, kind to ourselves kind to other people and to learn things as forgiveness that can be so imperative to rebuilding relationships, to forgiving ourselves for things that we've done in the past. And, and this kindness extends beyond, beyond having to sort of very overtly do something big or grandiose for someone. It's, it can be as simple as opening the door for another person. It can be uh, as simple as, you know, maybe somebody drops something in line and you pick it up for them. Um, again, something where you may not ever see that person again, but that one thing plays a part in, in their life that day because they then feel that kindness. It's, it's a form of, of universal love that is sort of emitted into the field, if you will. Um, and that we sort of in an inverted selfishly way feel better as a result of being kind to other people. And when we're kind to that person, that person is more apt to be kind to someone else. And, and we can actually spread in a positive way kindness and love by simply doing what we would want other people to do for us or for our loved ones. Sometimes we have a problem expecting nice things for ourselves, but we really want our children or our nieces and nephews or our parents or grandparents or brothers or sisters to be treated well. And if we can think how would we want them to be treated in that situation and treat other people similarly, then then we'd get a lot further in the world to solving many of the social difficulties that we have and international wars and all kinds of things that people are people. I even wrote a little book called We Are All People. It's a children's book. Um, and, and that's really the only point of it is that we are all people and we are all the same and none of us chose to be born where we were born and we all deserve love. Well, and on that note, the whole kindness is it's a ripple effect. And so to do one small thing one act of kindness, like you said, opening the door, or I've heard of people, you know, going through the drive-thru at Starbucks or wherever and paying, just being kind to pay for the person behind them. And it doesn't have to be monetary, but you're right. Like sprinkle. Oh, I, I love the saying sprinkle um, kindness, like confetti everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, letting someone in in traffic who you know, if you've been sitting in that parking lot before and you know how difficult it is, pause for a brief second and let that person in. You will make their day. Yeah. You know, there's so many different things like that that we do every day. And it's not even intentional necessarily that we're that we're not doing. It. But if we if we get back to the intention that we talked about doing things intentionally early on, becoming more aware of maybe what somebody else could be experiencing. And, and, and this brings up another point, too. There's a lot of people that can have bad days or be grumpy or going through difficult times. Maybe they're experiencing anxiety. Maybe they're experiencing sadness or depression. Maybe they've got an injury or illness. If we give people the benefit of the doubt, knowing that they are, that by and large, most people are, are good and well-meaning people, they may have something else going on in their life. And you don't have to take it personally if they're not being kind to you at that moment. And you can be kind to them. You can watch their facial expression change in an instant. And you don't even have to call them out on it. You know, it doesn't have to be a confrontation. It can just be being kind, knowing that they're not doing this to you and to not take it personally in most cases. 100%. That's actually the, if you've ever read the book, The Four Agreements, I think that's the first one. Yeah. Never take anything personally. So, yeah. agreed. Okay, then question for you. What is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation? I think, <laughs> I don't know, I'd go back to four, honestly, but uh, uh, no, the, the biggest thing is awareness. And I think the more awareness that we can develop for ourselves, for other people, the world around us, the more we see that things aren't as scary as some people might uh, want to make them be so, um, the more confidence we can have in ourselves and the more confidence we can have in our abilities and the more of the other things that can happen building connection, making progress, all these different things. So awareness would probably be the, the one key thing. Got it. Okay. Then I have quick, a few rapid fire questions for you. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? I love, uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's when you know better, you do better. Um, that um, I, uh, it's my Angelou quote, and Oprah uses this a lot, and, and that may not be the exact words, but I think that's the, the biggest thing, that, that we go through life doing the best we can with the information that we have and the circumstances that we're under. And if we learn something new, and we have new information, maybe we can make a better decision next time. But don't beat yourself up and don't beat other people up necessarily. If they knew better, they can do better next time. On that note, I even like to give myself a break sometimes. It's like you did the best you could at the time with what you had. So learn exactly. from it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because there are plenty of things that I uh, am not proud of, you know, that we've, that we've done in the past. Uh, but had I known differently at that time, I, I know that I would have done differently. And, but without all those experiences, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So it's not regret. Exactly. Okay. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? So I'm, I'm an odd person in that I read multiple books at once and I might take me months to get through them, but I'll pick up them and, and get through in various stages for different things. And sometimes I happen to find a piece that's very applicable at that moment. So I have one book that I've been reading for months, honestly, uh, uh, and it's called The Blue Ocean Strategy. And in business, I think it's it's brilliant because it's rather than going where everybody else is going in the red ocean where all the sharks are, you're finding open blue waters and you're you're looking for things that are, uh, you know, a new niche or something in your industry or some other product that is 
that is different from everything else out there and not simply going with the flow of everyone else. And so I think that from a business perspective, that uh, the Blue Ocean strategy is something that I would definitely highly recommend. I feel, I feel like for some reason I have that or I've definitely seen that one. So, okay, it's, I'll add it to the list. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I, I def, with, all my, with all my other company endeavors, that's, that's like a guiding factor is, is somebody else already doing this? All right, final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh boy, <laughs> there's a whole list of them. Uh, I think the I think the very first thing is um, to stick with things longer. You know, I had I had a history of giving up on things too quickly when I was much younger, and and I think having that having that mindset of of sticking with something. And when you really know that something may or may not work, then then you really know not, hey, this is difficult. I'm going to give up on it. So uh, sticking with things a, a little bit longer before you bail. Yes. Awesome. What a great note to end on. Lucas, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it. Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode. 